Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, Surely, this man was the Son of God. Very good. Please do sit down. It's uh, wonderful to see you. I'd like to extend my own welcome to that of uh, Ben's uh, earlier. And uh, very good to see uh, some guests, uh, people returning, uh, friends from the past. Maybe you've never been here before in your life. You're very, very welcome. Over the summer, we have been looking at uh, various bits of Mark's Gospel, uh, thinking under the big title of Jesus, the Son of And today we're going to think about Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, Two things you might like to do. One, you might like to open your Bibles back to Mark chapter 15. Uh, The other thing you might like to do is to look at the screen uh, because I'm going to put some things up on there. It is an all-age service. There's got to be something visual. There we are. I know. Uh, Now, here we are. The the summer's been full of surprises and um, you may have had some surprises in your life. I've had, uh, well... A couple of surprises in mine, and I thought I'd share them with you. Here's a, here was one. It was a surprise when we took the children uh, to uh, Paris. It'll be a surprise if this works. Um, there we are. Do you want to press the button for me, uh, Peter? Is that working? There we are. Not working. See, all the, this was working earlier. How about if I stand there? Oh. What's going on? Good, it was a surprise when we took the children to Paris for the day. And there we are, standing in front of all the sights uh, and uh, looking very happy with ourselves. It was a surprise to me on the tennis court when I hit a backhand uh, that went down the line and was a clear uh, outright winner. It was a magnificent moment. You might be thinking, that's not you, that's Roger Federer. Let me tell you, I felt like Roger Federer when I hit that (laughs) ball. And it was absolutely magnificent. Now, more seriously, it has been a surprise over these last weeks to see how brutal and wicked uh, men and women can be uh, to each other and we prayed about that earlier as well. Now we're going to see some surprises when we look at Jesus suffering on the cross uh, in Mark chapter 15. Again if you've got your Bible open let me read to you verse 37. We read with a loud cry Jesus breathed his last and then in verse 39 And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, 
he said, surely this man was the son of God. Jesus, here's the surprise, is the son of God. Why do I say that's a surprise? Because here is Jesus, the divine king of the universe, but he couldn't have looked less like a king than at that moment when he was on a cross. We'd expect a king to be wearing a crown and uh, sitting on a throne and um, living in a palace and worshipped and adored by everyone around him. But what we actually see is the king, the son of God, the divine king of the universe is uh, wearing a crown of thorns and he's not sitting on a throne but he's hanging uh, on a cross and he's not living in a palace uh, but he's outside the city wall and he's not being obeyed and worshipped by everyone but he's being mocked and killed. What a surprise it is. The second great surprise we see here is who got it? Who got it that Jesus is um, the son of God? And uh, the surprise, if you look in verse 39, is that it was a centurion, a Roman soldier. You realise in Mark's gospel, this man was the first human being in Mark's gospel to confess to the deity of Jesus Christ. It was a surprise because every Roman coin of the time Uh, at the time, was inscribed with these words, Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. The only person a loyal Roman would have ever called son of God was Caesar, the king. But this Roman, this centurion, gave that title to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Mark's gospel uh, is all about uh, the good news of Jesus the son of God. It begins like that in chapter one, verse one, saying that Jesus is the son of God. And uh, God the father declared that Jesus was and is his beloved son. On two occasions, we heard it. Uh, We heard it uh, in Mark's gospel at uh, Jesus' baptism. And we also uh, heard it at uh, his transfiguration. Jesus was declared the son of God by the father. And each time it was accompanied by a supernatural sign but while the father declared it and all Jesus's miracles right through Mark's gospel pointed towards him being the son of God people didn't get it the religious leaders couldn't see it they completely denied it and the bible tells us they were blind to it they just couldn't see who Jesus was even Jesus disciples were confused Uh, Peter at one point seems to get it but he's only sort of partially sighted when it comes to understanding not just the identity of Jesus, but why Jesus came uh, to this earth. But here is the Roman centurion, not religious, not Jewish, but he saw who Jesus was. So that's the second surprise. Here's the third surprise and the last one. It's not going too badly, is it? It's quite quick. I promised my son it wouldn't be too long. Uh, So here we go. Here's the third surprise. That is when he got it, that this man the only human being to understand in Mark's gospel at that point uh, who, that Jesus is the divine son of God. He got it as Jesus was at the cross. See, so look again at verse 39. Let's see how he got it. Verse 39. When the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. The centurion saw how he died and that's why he got it. Uh, over the years, I've uh, sat with um, quite a lot of people as they've died. 
but I've only ever seen one person breathe their last breath. You, you may have experienced it yourself once or, or even twice. But the centurion saw it many, many times. It was part of his job. It's what he did. He saw many people executed at the cross and he witnessed them die. He saw them take their last breath. And he saw that Jesus' death was unique. He saw something in Jesus' death that was unlike any other death he'd ever seen. The centurion um, heard uh, what people said uh, as they passed by, the Jewish leaders uh, and, and others, passers-by, scoffing at Jesus' claim to be the Son of God. But what the centurion saw convinced him that while others were scoffing and saying, no, he's not, they, that he really was. The centurion saw the way Jesus conducted himself as he was mocked. If you look back to verse 29... Uh, do you see those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. And in the same way, the chief priest and the teacher of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved, his, he saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. And the centurion saw the way Jesus responded to that. And he saw what happened as Jesus died. Look at verse 33. At the sixth hour, Darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The centurion saw the darkness. The centurion witnessed darkness coming over the whole land for three hours. It was the middle of the day. The sixth hour was the middle of the day, midday. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this? What time is it now? 20 to 11. Can you imagine in an hour and 20 minutes the whole place going dark? Uh, for three hours. Um, I've witnessed a, a solar eclipse once, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if there's a number of people here who, who have as well. I was trying to remember when it was. I think it was the summer of 1999, but I might be wrong. And it happened at the middle of the day, just for a few minutes. And uh, as it began to happen, do you remember this? Some of you will remember. The birds began to go silent. And the daylight colours turned to shades of grey, just like it was the evening. And the temperature fell a bit. It was a lovely summer's day. Something similar happened, but it happened for three hours. But it wasn't a solar eclipse. We know it wasn't a solar eclipse because it happened during the, um, the Passover. And the Jewish festival of Passover begins on the first full moon after the spring equinox. I'm reading this because there's no way I'd know it otherwise. (laughs) So the darkness couldn't have been a solar eclipse. That only happens during a new moon. So something else was happening that day. Uh, It was a, a remarkable moment. It was a supernatural sign And just as with the rest of Mark's gospel, whenever Jesus declared the Son of God by the Father, so there's a supernatural sign. So here, another supernatural sign, darkness for three hours as the centurion understood what it meant. Jesus is the divine Son of God. So what we find here is the most unlikely person, the centurion, saw at the most unlikely time on the cross that Jesus was the Son of God because Jesus' death was unlike any other. 
Let me ask you this morning, have you seen that? Oh, you don't have to have been there to have seen it because we've got it written down, you see. Have you seen what the centurion saw, that Jesus is different from everybody else? He is the Son of God. And as you look at the darkness that day, it will help you to see that. And look at the darkness, and, and I'll finish with this. You'll see something else. Darkness in the Bible represents God's anger. God was angry that day. Now you might say, of course God was angry. His son, the Lord Jesus, was being crucified, being murdered, even though he didn't deserve it. You might think, yeah, of course he was angry. But that's not actually it, is it? God's anger was directed against his son. Do you remember when it was being read just now by Rachel? Verse 34 At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The darkness in Jesus' cry tells us that God's anger wasn't just falling upon mankind because they were killing his son. God's anger was being directed towards Jesus My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The innocent son of God took the punishment of God's anger in your place and mine. Here at the cross, we not only see that Jesus is God's son, but we see why he came. He came to take our punishment. And so in the darkness, we see a a few wonderful things. You never think, I don't like the dark. I, I actually don't mind telling you, I'm a bit scared of the dark. Well, actually, the truth is, I'm not scared of the dark. I'm scared of who might jump out of the dark. (laughs) But I don't like being in the dark. But in this darkness, we see something very wonderful. We see as God suffers, he suffers for us. We see the ultimate proof that God loves us in that darkness. And uh, you might feel today that you don't feel very loved by God. Let me say, if you're a Christian, you look at the cross... You can be absolutely sure God loves you, whatever it feels like, whatever you're going through. Uh, You see here that God hasn't abandoned you. If you're a Christian, God will never abandon you. How do I know that? Because God abandoned Jesus in that darkness on that day, so he will never abandon you. He can't now abandon you because he abandoned Jesus that day. And if he was to abandon you, He'd now be uh, punishing you for something Jesus already take the punishment for. And he can't do that. Jesus was abandoned and paid for our sins. You might feel very far from God. Let me say to you, whatever it feels like, he hasn't abandoned you. And so do you see, in the darkness, there's beauty. There's beauty in the darkness of the cross. And when you see that, it changes everything.